0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
3: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. I'm Cadden Absock. That's Joseph Scrimshaw. This is Jennifer Landa. We're here with you guys on the crew deck. I want to promote us a little bit. We're not, but I don't I don't know. We're here on the superstar story of our fleet. I'm happy to be a this. Uh, you're a this? I'm a this, Jennifer's a that. You're a that, you're, you're this, that. I'm a though. I'm a wee. I'm a wee. Here we are. I'm a wee. Four center One Twenty Eight. We've been doing this a long time, yeah, a long wow. time, yeah, yeah. I'm getting nostalgic about ourselves. And today's <laughs> episode is Nostalgia Strikes Back. Wow, it's like we knew that. Here, we're going to dive into nostalgia in Star Wars. Uh, we talk about it a lot, but we're going to really spend some time on it. What it means, and the connections, in our own personal nostalgia. Is there too much nostalgia? Uh, what's the right amount? It's the Goldilocks. Of nostalgia conversation <laughs> here on Four Center, and we'll catch up with our adventures. I do want to remind you all that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at slash Four Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Catching up, whew, Star Wars adventures. Uh, I'll, I, I'm going to, I only had one I want to start, then we'll take, take time on yours. Uh, I got a call Saturday. Sitting around. From from Star Wars? Almost. My comic book shop. (laughs) Saying, sir, you have over five weeks worth of comics waiting for you, or are you going to purchase them? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, (laughs) Uh, because I'd been at Comic-Con. I forgot about comics, so I went down. I I (laughs) don't want to say the amount. (sighs) Reminds me how much I spend for comics when you go at one time yeah ooh, but i am finally diving in and catching up with some of the key uh, issues of star wars and uh, i can't wait to talk about them uh, maybe more we got we got po dameron 29 has a great crossover with the black squadron leaving nice as as lieutenant Connix is evacuating dakar it happens that fast, a lot, of, a lot of stuff, and cool stuff with uh, Leia, great cover. So that, that's my Star Wars adventure, finally catching up to the comics. Yes, Man. <laughs> five <Great>. weeks late. <laughs> that is a lot. Uh, yeah, I haven't had as much time for
1: Star Wars-specific adventures because mm-hmm. I've just been uh, busy with uh, work and life, and there's some Star Wars adventures in that. Uh, but I have been playing Battlefront too. That's how mm-hmm. I deal with uh, my life right now is playing <laughs> Battlefront two. <II>. So that guy's <laughs> <laughs> telling me, I like, I just need something where my mind is entirely shut off, I yeah. won't look at my computer or my phone, and then when I do something, I immediately get an accomplishment. I finish, <laughs> and it tells me how many times I died and how many times <laughs> I shot people, and right. it's so great and
3: relaxing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that works. I yeah. think a the therapist
1: yeah. would agree. Yeah, it's great. And I, like I said, I did a stand-up piece about it a little while back, so yeah. I'm getting stuff out of playing Battlefield right. 2. But my favorite thing is collecting all the weird, dumb things that oh, the yeah. characters say. I was playing as Darth Maul and I realized one of the things that he says, I think it gets triggered if you're engaging with someone in, in a fight and then they run away. But at one point, uh, just randomly, you can make Darth Maul say, fight me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it just sounds like he's just a dude in a bar. <laughs> fight oh me! My but it's gosh. in
3: that, you know, great Darth Maul voice. <laughs> fight me. <laughs> We're in a booth doing that. So clearly not a quote. I would love that if that had been like in Phantom Menace. Fight me! <laughs> waiting for Qui-Gon. Yeah, waiting for Qui-Gon. Get off your knees and fight me! Fight me!
4: Oh my gosh, I love that. That's
3: fun. Yeah, Battlefront 2 is quite a relief and a release. It mm-hmm. is. It's it is. nice. It is. I played some finally for a while. First time in a while. Oh, awesome. This weekend and really had fun. That castle map is so fun. The castle map is amazing. That's really
2: uh, good. I want to play. I want to play. <sighs> yeah, the only thing I did was my daughter's been really into her porg stuffed animal. We have three porgs. <laughs> she <laughs> was like very excited when she realized that. She's really into this little porg. Unfortunately, my dog got really into it too. So he started like chewing on it. Oh, and no. my daughter was like, no, no, pork!" She's yelling. And I'm like, "Chewy, stop eating the porg.
3: My, dog, my dog's well, name is Chewy. This is canon.
2: And I was like, well, this is very fitting. So I, in between laughing, I had to wrestle the porg out of his mouth. <laughs> I was like, this, this is uh, our life. Did
3: your daughter's lip quiver like that porg looking at Chewy. <laughs>
2: she did have that look. She was like frozen and she did not want to get in the middle of this.
3: Oh, wow. And the
2: worst part is I was worried about where he was going because yeah. he has another of our stuffed animals where he likes to hump it.
3: <sighs> yeah. Really? And I thought, I
2: cannot let this happen no. to this poor Porg. Porc, I bro. will don't rescue don't him. hump
3: the Porg. <laughs> oh, my not hump
2: gosh. the Poor oh <laughs> Porg. Mm-hmm. Those are my adventures. Did the Porg live? Oh, yes. Except he has a little, I have to sew up his back a little
3: bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little porg surgery in your yeah. future. If they only had yeah, like bitch. an American Girl doll store for porgs, we oh, you could go to the, the doll <laughs> <laughs> hospital, go to the porg hospital.
2: Oh, my. I want Star Wars American Girls. I I, yeah. just, I want all the Star Wars toys for yeah. my daughter.
3: Could you? Oh, man. Could you? That, that would be a top seller. Top. Yeah, That'd be a reservation to be six months out. <laughs> I oh, believe yeah. it. Yeah. If no one out there listening has ever been to an American Girl doll store, there's one here at the Grove. It's the greatest idea. You sell these collector dolls, and then you go, you you take your child to the store, and and you can get their hair cut. Mm -hmm. You can go have dinner with them, watch a movie, (laughs) get new clothes for them, (laughs) all at a premium price. And there's a doctor. You take your doll, and the doctor there goes, Your doll has a broken arm, and they put it in a bandage, all at a premium price. Can you play Battlefront two with your doll? No, but that's what I'm saying. Star <laughs> Wars. Oh my gosh. I you could see me there going, My my Wookie's bent. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh. They should totally do that. Seventy five Disney. Yes. <gasps>
3: Star Wars doll house. I don't know. All right, <laughs> that's the show, everybody. We'll see. Ya. We'll see you here. Now we're gonna get to some Star Wars news. The news is starting to ramp up. The big news last week was the casting more on that and and all that stuff. But uh, it's it. I, I think I think after a slow percolation kind of news bubble, we're gonna start to see things emerge, Jen.
2: Mm-hmm, that's right. Which is
3: why you're here to help us through the news.
2: That's right. So we got some breaking news today from the New York Times. I believe it was the New York Times I did it in such yes, a flurry yes, because yes, it, it was, just yes. happened uh, about the Disney streaming service. John Favreau's live action Star Wars series is expected to cost roughly $100 million for 10 episodes. There's also been a lot of talk about the movies that will be coming to the platform. So starting with the Captain Marvel film that will be coming out, I believe next March, All of the Disney films uh, that are released from Walt Disney Studios will be in theaters. Oh, sorry. (laughs) All of the films that Walt Disney Studios releases in theaters will flow to the Disney streaming service instead of Netflix. So as of now, it's unclear um, if classic Star Wars films will also be on the platform since Turner Broadcasting currently owns the TV rights to Star Wars movies like A New Hope and The Phantom Menace until 2024. So mm. that's really interesting. There are going to be a ton of titles and they have uh, some upcoming, I think nine projects in development as far as like m- original movies. And so mm. there's going to be a lot of content.
1: Yeah. But nine the, just generic movies, not Star Wars.
2: Not specific. Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, just what? Disney movies. Um, but I guess my question is, if they don't have like a new hope on there, they've got to figure out a way, right? right? I, I mean, I is it so. is it enough that they're going to have this fantastic series to I've, Get Star Wars fans and and, and Clone Wars, but and I mean with, with that
3: Fox merger and the rights of A New Hope. And there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of questions there. I, I, I would, I, th- I would hope that the, I would hope that the new hope is on there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's
1: going to be a long journey to the Disney streaming service being the one stop shop for Star Wars, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I mean, it seems like it was in that article that uh, at one point uh, Iger even said like, this is an emerging reality because of the amount of cable cutting that this has to be our business model. We need a streaming service now, so this is maybe not as thought out. In, in mm. as far as is something that Disney would normally do, which mm-hmm. is why they gave the rights to Turner for these movies relatively recently. Yeah, right? like this isn't like, oh, I George think. Lucas signed that in 84. It was like 2016. <laughs> it's like yeah. two years ago, and they're like, whoops. Am no you Gary to Kurtz. Yeah. Because yeah. we were talking off air, like the Clone Wars, I don't know all the rights to that because Netflix, the final season right. currently, season six, is a Netflix exclusive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's pretty fascinating because um, obviously. I love Disney. I love Marvel. I love, uh, Mm -hmm. star Wars, but there is also a little bit of an underdog flavor of this to me where like Disney can buy anything. But I like at this point, (laughs) Turner broadcasting feeling like this poor little underdog is just like, no, we're going to be scrappy. We won't sell you these rights. You have to come wash our car, Bob Iger. That's the only (laughs) way we're going to let you have these rights back. Someone at TBS says, I say we fight. (laughs) Exactly. Slapping the flipper on the table.
2: Yeah.
1: It
3: is interesting.
2: But that's how so so many of us have watched Star Wars over the years. And some people even got introduced to Star Wars was thanks Mm. to TNT. and uh, Absolutely. TBS. TBS? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That will be a big change when it Uh, eventually leaves.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think Disney's going to have to pay a lot to get it all under one. One roof.
2: That's Oof. what Turner said. Financial compensation.
3: <laughs> 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 they say in baseball, traded for cash and a player to be named later. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Yeah. The
3: changing face of media. Yep. That's I don't right. even know where we'll be in twenty twenty four. Oh, God. oh my I uh, hope doing the podcast this, well, the, this <laughs> po- on Mars. This podcast will be a hologram from Mars. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
2: Well, last week we learned that Carrie Fisher will return as Leia in episode nine, thanks to unused footage from The Force Awakens. Now, ABC News reporter Clayton Sandal got more information about this performance from Carrie Fisher's brother, Todd Fisher. So Todd said that J.J. Abrams will piece Carrie's performance together using footage from Episode 7, but also The Last Jedi. According to Todd, there are big surprises coming with this movie, Episode 9 that is, and that Carrie's performance and the unused footage uh, is also a big surprise. Uh, and it's really for the fans. If we were to speculate mm. responsibly, <laughs> yeah, what could the surprise mean? Because Ryan Johnson had said previously that there that he actually used most of Carrie's footage for right. the Last Jedi. So I cannot imagine. I feel like the bigger surprise would be coming from the Force Awakens. It, yeah. something from there. Yeah. but again. Yeah. It's not like Gareth Edwards where he was just you know, rolling.
4: <laughs> it's true, you uh, know.
2: He got a lot of. Maybe footage.
1: that is the surprise. Maybe Gareth Edwards <laughs> just got so wild of just like I'm going to Carrie Fisher's house just in
3: case I need anything for Rogue One. <laughs> it's just her sitting on her bed yelling, <laughs> which was her, uh, and her and Gary. Yeah. yeah uh, which was uh, I forget someone I knew went to interview for a job with her. Or not someone I knew personally, but a yeah. story i heard. And that they she Carrie just pulled her into the room, sat her down. Carrie's on her bed, sitting there, <laughs> and they just chatted for yeah. a while. Yeah, oh, yeah, amazing. just Coca Cola. Um, I gave him a lot of credit last week, but Joseph, uh, maybe, maybe you agree with me. Maybe at some point, Todd Fisher should just maybe not talk as much. <laughs> I think there's a big grain of salt to be taken with this.
1: Uh, I mean, I think the world of Todd Fisher, but I think my sort of read on him and even getting to see him at that, uh, Tribute to Carrie right. Fisher and Debbie Reynolds that, that my wife and I went to. He's uh, somebody who's always been in the world of Hollywood, but has always just been like, and eh, my family's in it. And, mm. I, you know, and I, I talk about them. I take care of them. I think about them. Like, I don't think he is super uh, media savvy right. out of any desire. I don't think he has any desire to be. So I think right. some of these right. things that we grab and run with, you know maybe there's there can easily be taken out of context
3: yeah yeah and 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 again i did give him a lot of credit last week in the sense of like he had kind of said this and it came true kathleen kennedy seemed to disagree and i would i always kind of defer to her and her position of, of of authority over there but uh what i like about this jennifer is in some way or another it does address that episode eight footage could be used which means there's maybe no feud between jj and ryan like some people were diving into the news story yes. last week oh not yes. us but i heard some stuff like oh so jj's ignoring episode eight like mm. you know, yeah maybe, maybe yeah. they'll put it all together right. cobble it together right. yeah i don't know i think that
1: if anything can be gleaned from this is that maybe todd fisher does have a, a level of knowledge of the context in which Leia is used in the story
4: right. uh, based mm-hmm.
1: on some of the footage. And I don't think that, that any of the footage is like, Oh, an amazing meaty scene was shot with Carrie Fisher that people just decided not to use. Right. I right. still think it's the context in which it's going to be reimagined. I, I think I think Leia's role is it's going to be like Carrie Fisher. It, I think it is going to be short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's going to be elegant right. and shocking and surprising and in a really good way. But mm-hmm. I think it's going to be all about
3: the context in which the existing footage is used. Yeah,
2: totally yeah. agree. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm
3: putting my money right next to Joseph on the roulette table. <laughs> <laughs> right, me
2: too. <laughs> So, filming of episode nine has begun, which is very exciting, and the tweets are Mm a-flying. John Boyega has been sharing Instagram photos of him training and greeting new cast member Naomi Ackie. Second unit director Victoria Mahoney has also been sharing some kind of cryptic photos of landscapes wherever she's been filming or wherever she's been stationed. Uh, But the big tweet of the week comes from director J.J. Abrams himself. JJ came back to Twitter because I believe he left for a period of time. Now he's back. And he uh, wrote this very sweet message, quote, bittersweet starting this next chapter without Carrie. But thanks to an extraordinary cast and crew, we are ready to grow grateful for Ryan Johnson and special thanks to George Lucas for creating this incredible world and beginning a story of which we are lucky to be a part. End quote. He also included a photo from day 1 of filming which people are already dissecting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you think that JJ now that he's back on Twitter is he going to be like Ron Howard and Ryan Johnson kind of you know giving us little nuggets here and there getting people excited?
3: Yes. And I wonder. Number one, when he came back to Twitter, I, I looked out my window and said, "Godspeed, Rebels." Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I wonder if I think it was probably his choice. He seems like someone who would if wouldn't do something he doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. But I think there was a little bit of like, "Hey, it worked so well for Ryan Johnson, and it worked really well for for Ron Howard." Mm-hmm. As Star Wars Show would say, the number one source for Star Wars news. So I think there was some kind of like, hey, maybe this needs to happen.
4: Yeah. yeah,
1: and maybe taking the reins a little bit of like, I know what I feel comfortable sharing.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And like
1: that photo was really, really great because it did give you a little bit like, ooh, it looks like Finn's got a new vest. It looks like Finn <laughs> yeah. and Chewie and maybe Ray are in the Falcon together and maybe somebody in, in the background. just It's just the right amount of uh, titillation uh, yeah. to speculate responsibly.
3: Yeah. Didn't he do a little bit? I mean, we should give him some credit on the Force Awakens stuff. I do recall he put some stuff out there, right? Was it on Instagram? He had uh, oh, a yeah. show, uh, maybe the DeGeric board, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I yeah. do recall that a little bit.
4: He did yeah. do that a little bit. So
1: maybe he pioneered it. But yeah, now, yeah. now he, it looks like uh, he, he has deleted any previous tweets, because I believe it is right now he is at one tweet, like 60, right. however many thousands of followers, uh, and not following anyone. Like, J.J.
3: Abrams, you're doing Twitter right (laughs) for a big uh, famous person. Yeah, exactly. Um, And hey, in this day and age, I think you have to be that kind of savvy, and and it worked so well. I mean, Ryan Johnson's stuff was was beautiful. Mm Those photos he took anyways, I hope he releases the book he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, doing so, uh, we'll see how JJ. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, check your mentions, JJ. Check your mentions. I know that's uh, blocking mute, block and mute. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I think he's just gonna.
1: Uh, he looks like he's going to use it as a way to broadcast, not right. a way to engage. Right. Yes. Uh, but I did love Ryan Johnson's uh, response.
2: Oh yeah, that was it's great. Just the
1: the gif of Han giving the uh, little salute uh, to Lando, right? Yeah. In yes. of the Jedi, which like that's uh, Ryan Johnson's a, a thoughtful person. Whether mm-hmm. you enjoy what he did with Lando or not, I uh, like that it was this is a gif of uh, one character saying, yeah, take, take my ship.
4: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: That's uh, so neat. I'm so happy that he's back. And I mm-hmm. love how that image was uh, flipped, I believe, by S- S- at Sleemo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first person to kind of flip the image. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. Because at first I was like, what is that?
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> right, right. It's, it's Finn. It's Finn. OK, if you are a fan of Star Wars Rebels, the complete fourth season is now available on Blu-ray and DVD. While it is the end of one era in Star Wars animation, the new era of Star Wars Resistance is just about to begin. The show debuts this October, and Lucasfilm publicist Tracy Canobio has given us some more details. A fan on Twitter asked her if the, what the animation style would be like for the show. Would it be a 3D show that's influenced by anime or a 2D anime show like Dragon Ball Z or Avatar The Last Airbender? Tracy replied that it will be a CG animated show with an anime-inspired design and that they will be sharing more news very soon. How do you guys feel about the idea of having a CG animated show? Was there any debate? I kind of what. Well, actually, mm. no. I did think it was going to be a 2D animated show initially. I thought it was going to be 2D. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I think those the images look very 2D, very classic uh, kind of anime style. Right. Uh, but I think they're maybe just trying to communicate like this is gonna. Here's the splash of something new and different. We're gonna be talking about nostalgia. I think maybe those images were really like, don't worry, it's gonna mm-hmm. be something new to this, mm-hmm. which I, I'm kind of happy to hear this because it keeps it in the uh, Star Wars animated family of late between Clone Wars and Rebels, right. but then has this spin. And, you know, we're going to be talking about it a lot, but, you know, the old and the new balance in Star Wars is, to me, always a really great direction
3: to go.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and the, the through line to Clone Wars in the same studio doing it, like, I like kind of that same connected feel. Uh, I, I was a little jarred early on in Rebels because it did look different enough from Clone Wars mm. that I was like, are they, can, can I wrap my brain around this being in the same universe, which is a yeah. silly, a silly thing to say, but it's something you think about. You know, I remember complaining early on, if you go back to like old episodes of Jedi Alliance, complaining that a season one of Rebels was too bright and colorful, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of oranges and yellows and outfits, Hera's outfit. And, and, you know, that, that goes away in time, but to have it kind of connected with the same style in some way, would being new.
1: Yeah. That's a good thing. And and there are still visual differences. I, uh, I try to be positive about Star Wars, but I'm still grumpy about those thin lightsabers. I would, pay, uh, I would pay for uh, a special edition of Rebels where the lightsabers are just a little wider. <laughs> mm,
3: see, yeah. see, people say, Yeah, you got four said You guys love everything. No, nope. too positive. Space whales and thin lightsabers. <laughs>
2: yeah. I had a difficult time at first. I was like, oh, It's going to be a CG, sh- 3D show. And then I yeah. thought about what I watch with my daughter, which is Sophia the First, Vampirina, <laughs> obviously Muppet Babies. Basically, sure. every Disney show that we watch, Disney Jr., yeah. is a 3D animated style show. Okay. It's like what I'm consuming. So I <laughs> It's just that that old person to me where I was like ah oh, not not so much change <laughs> eh. but then and then of course obviously the Clone Wars and Rebels yeah um, but yeah I had I kind of had my heart set on like a 2D a- anime style show like Dragon Ball but that's well, okay yeah. I'm up for this one oh this that's the end of it guys that's the end
3: that's the end of the news yeah. <laughs> that's the end of it and more I'm interested about the more Resistance news soon yeah. because yeah. that that's coming out. Very good. really
2: October.
3: October, I October that's yeah. mere months away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We are Stupid time. Already near to 2019. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we should know it. Ah, well, thank you, Jennifer, t- for taking us through the news. Before we get to our main topic, I do want to remind you uh, that uh, you can get your free audiobook from slash Force Center. And we, as always, like to have our Force Center recommendation. Ooh, Joseph, you chose a good one today.
1: That's right. Today, we are recommending Dark Disciple. Mm. It is clone. Mm. Clone Wars, it is Asajj, Ventress, and Quinlan Vos on a big, dark, epic adventure, and uh, it is really fascinating right now, because it was uh, part of the Clone Wars uh, uh, season
3: that didn't get made, and it is in book form, so I would say go listen to that. Absolutely. It's really good. I think one of the underrated of the new Star Wars canon. So check it out. Download your free audiobook today at slash Force Center. Again, that's slash Force Center for your free audiobook. It directly helps the show. All right. We were going to talk about this last week, and then suddenly there was like some news that bumped it all out. <laughs> But we've been uh, waiting to dive into this topic. Nostalgia in Star Wars, Joseph, nostalgia strikes back.
1: That is right. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot because there's so much discussion, especially when Solo came out in various uh, people, hardcore Star Wars fans, casual Star Wars fans, were like, we want new. We're done with looking backwards. And to me, I thought, wow, I think looking backwards is a big part of Star Wars. So how do you balance that? And uh, and, and what does that mean for going forward? What does that mean for uh, some of the ways the films have been marketed in the past and how they'll be marketed in the future. So I want to start with a definition of nostalgia, because mm. I looked it up. <laughs> uh, so here is what the actual dictionary definition of nostalgia is. This <laughs> is
3: the best TED Talk
1: I've ever attended. <laughs> Please look at my PowerPoint presentation. A sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. Mm. Um, I think it is interesting because it is both uh, the nostalgia that's internal to the Star Wars stories in the nostalgia of how it gets marketed because we humans have actual sentimental longing and wistful affection, <laughs> as demonstrated in my PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Here's a slide of someone crying. There you go. Uh, so for me, I really story-wise mm. think that it is Absolutely baked in. I think the when you were first in line to see this fresh new movie in 1977, you saw nostalgia. Mm. Uh, it happens a long time ago. It is storybook fantasy. All those mythic Joseph Campbell underpinnings give you the sense that you have seen this story before. You kind of know this story in this uh, deep cultural way. The actual story of A New Hope is, of course, generational. Uh, immediately about Luke wanting to be like his father, whoever that was. He got the old, used look of all of the equipment. So I feel like it is so totally baked into Star Wars from the be- very beginning. That's my perspective, but I want to ask both of you. When you think of nostalgia in Star Wars, mm. what is the first thing you think of? Do you think of internal to the story? Do you think the real world? What do you think?
3: Mm. I, I mean, I intellectually connect a lot of even what Lucas was doing. You're the Flash Gordon serials, like yeah. it was his own nostalgia, right? It was his. Mm-hmm. So it was familiar. But when I would, to your question exactly, I was like, okay, where does my mind go first? Phantom Menace Qui Gon and Obi Wan show up and they have Jedi robes on, and I went, ah, oh, Jedi. Ro- wait, oh, that's familiar. I know what it means. And it's like we can debate Lucas's choice. I think your head, Ken and Joseph, of why the Jedi dress like casual farmers around the galaxy, yeah. <laughs> totally works. But I remember that moment, thinking, ah, oh, it's a, it's Star Wars. It's a Star Wars. But Star film. Wars. They have, yeah, they have their Jedi robes. He has a Jedi and it robes.
1: took you back to a sentimental along yeah. and a wistful affection for your own past. Absolutely, I was mm. very wistful at that moment. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's fascinating. I think of I think of my. Dad, yeah. certainly, because of that same reason, when he saw it, because he's the same age as George Lucas, you know, it was like, oh, these are like the, the movie serials and Flash Gordon, and it really took mm. him back. For me, it specifically reminds me of the experience and really my childhood and this kind of like this this hopeful feeling that there was a there was a bigger world out mm. there, mm-hmm. not just like. Uh, you know like literally there's a bigger world out there as a child but the idea this got me into movie making
4: Ah, you know
2: and the idea that oh my gosh you can play pretend on a grand scale with special effects and cool costumes and people people wearing Wookiee suits like that to me was like mind blowing it got me so excited yeah
1: I think that's great because it really uh, attaches to like what is in the film with Luke of Mm. that great uh, moment of looking at the twin sons and Mm. coming from a
3: place of youth, thinking about the possibilities of the future
1: is what your nostalgia is.
3: Absolutely, Jen. I'm so glad you mentioned that because one of the big effects for a lot of people, entire generation, was the original trilogy making you think, I'm going to tell stories mm-hmm. and me being up at night, writing in my head episode seven oh, wow. or creating little comic books that weren't even star Wars, but were my own adventures or getting my space Legos down and creating character names based around my space Legos. So that came from star Wars mm. and it still connects. And I look at it now and it still gives me this big world, you know, and that's, and now you go, you go back to the twin sons moment and during pe- the peace and purpose of Luke's passing and the twin sons kind of pop up on October, And you're like, you're all back to that. It all connects. It all's there.
1: Dreaming of a bigger world. Yeah. For me, when I was thinking about this, like internally to the story, I was struck by how much the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi scene with Luke in his hut is a moment of actual nostalgia for Obi-Wan. The way he Mm -hmm. delivers, uh, I was once a Jedi Knight like your father. Before the dark times, before the empire, mm. like that's so much a part of nostalgia of that sense that whatever modern moment you're in is flawed, and then whether it is a correct memory or not, you you cast back to the past, yeah. Mm. And the way Obi Wan describes, like ah, when there were I was a Jedi Knight and it was so great, and then you watch the Clone Wars, like
3: you had uh, you had some issues to deal
1: with then too. So it's like it's uh, it's like deep and profound, and I'm moved by that scene every time I see it. The it's way he crazy. delivers that, but also that that reality that. The past is just as flawed as the present, yeah. but in different ways. But then when we look back on it, we see it, we can cherry pick it in our memory.
3: It's so, right. yeah, I mean, you're right. It's Alec Guinness that's perhaps his finest in that movie, you know I mean? You forget this is Sir Alec Guinness coming yeah. to this little Space Wizard movie, bringing that gravitas. It's so funny, Like there's a weird connection, but like in the 90s, you know, you guys know I love my, my 90s rock. I wasn't like a huge fan of Stone Temple Pilots, right? Some bands like that. It wasn't yeah. my style. I hear them now and I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah, 1996. <laughs> I'm like, but I, I actually didn't like you back then. So your brain just kind of just puts it all into this nostalgia bucket.
1: I mm-hmm. once liked the Stone and Temple Devil Pilots. <laughs> that's, that's before the dark times. Yes, I think
3: that's Obi-Wan in that moment. He's like, ah. Oh. You know, I don't remember owning a droid. He forgot that part, but yeah, right. he didn't technically
1: own the droid. Okay, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about the marketing of the sequel trilogy in particular, because I think... Certainly for The Force Awakens, nostalgia was the driving force. It mm-hmm. did let us know, like, hey, look, Kylo Ren's lightsaber, that's going to be new. Uh, who's going to be the Skywalker? There's some mystery box. But in particular, that I think it was the first full tra- trailer that ended with Harrison Ford as Han Solo, stepping onto the Falcon and saying, Chewie, we're home, right? Yeah. You, you can't get more oh, nostalgia-based than they're in one of their classic poses, you know, blaster mm-hmm. up, Chewie at his side. Literally mm-hmm. saying we're home. And I mean, I think that's a part of nostalgia is longing for uh, a, that contented feeling that home represents. Mm-hmm.
4: Home.
1: So I think the, the nostalgia was so thick for the uh, sequel trilogy advertising, yeah. for Force Awakens at least, and then you got that a little bit more with Luke yeah, uh, in Last Jedi. Do we think oh, yeah. that's effective? Should they continue to advertise? Should uh, episode nine lean that heavily on our nostalgia or
3: is that well getting dry? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, Jen. Yeah. That's a, my mind just went to four different spots.
2: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because I think that it, it I don't want to say it's getting dry, but then I don't want them to feel like it's a crutch that they have to rely.
4: Yeah. On.
2: It, it has to be done in a very natural way. And so naturally my brain thinks, well, they might do that for, for a Carrie Fisher's performance. But that's a really, I don't think that they should mm. uh, because our performance is not going to be, uh, we don't think, that that big of an arc in the film. Mm. So I feel like they need to kind of move past it.
3: There's, there's a, uh, yeah, there's some good reasoning for that in my brain of like, Lando's going to be some nostalgia. So that yeah. first shot yeah. on screen of Lando. Right.
2: There Carrie Fisher,
3: it's going to be more sentimental. Yes. Force Awakens, it's so weird because I remember we were breaking down, I think even before we launched Force Center. I mean, you might have just been on Jedi Alliance, Joseph. I I can't remember that first shot and how J.J., you know, it was – the pose and it was the feel yeah. and the look mm-hmm. and it's original trilogy nostalgia.
4: Yeah. Uh, right.
3: Not that they ignore the prequels, but they, 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 they wanted to go back to that, the, the feeling of star Wars that took over the world.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So that, that worked. And then Luke, cause we see him on the Falcon. That's the one that got people crying. Yeah. But now 2019 four years after force awakens. Right. There are some people where the nostalgia is going to be seeing Ray on Jakku. Yeah, right. because if you're, say, 10 or 11 yep. watching Force Awakens and you're about 15, that's a lifetime.
4: <laughs> it's a yeah. lifetime. Yeah,
3: That's fifth grade to eighth grade. Ooh. And you're going to look back and go, oh, I remember when I first saw Ray on Jakku. So it's a new kind of nostalgia yeah. to
1: play with. Too. It's so amazing that you bring that up because as I was thinking through it just now, I was thinking like, I think that they're going to lean less on the, it's the return of what you loved 40 mm-hmm. years ago. It's the return of what you loved 20 years ago if you're a prequel era. Mm-hmm in more like it's the end of high school. Ah. And is that nostalgia? Is that old <laughs> enough to be a nostalgia have the time
3: of your life?
1: Uh, honestly, but I yes. feel like it is going to be I think we're going to see at least some behind the scenes of like ex- set to a song like that of like fade in yes, oh on you know uh Ray and Finn hugging fade out on yeah. Poe po smiling pop. and biting his lip, and it's like, remember <laughs> so nice. all the times of this. Yeah. I think it's going to be about the end of the sequel trilogy, yeah. and they're yeah. already leaning on the end of the Skywalker saga. And I right. feel like that's different than nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. That's almost more like, let's reflect on this journey, on this road we've been on. And to yeah. me, I think nostalgia is almost like skipping the road and just jumping back to that
3: right. home place. The home place. Yeah, no, Bob Costas is going to host the Cheers retrospective before this. <laughs> One of the great yeah. memories of oh my, my, gosh, my youth I watching Bob Costas and Cheers. And then yeah.
1: Jalen I was going to have the cast on Too Drunk and apologize <laughs> for it on The Tonight Show. <laughs> Oh, nostalgia. <laughs> oh There's some
3: pop, pop culture nostalgia. <laughs> yes, but you the end of high school is an excellent thing. Because right now, all of us as fully functional adults, while well, I'm somewhat there, uh, you know, four years ago seems like yesterday. And that's the joke of age. Yeah. But in high school, as a senior, looking back to ninth grade, seemed like another lifetime. Yeah, So it was. this is another lifetime. Right. Young Daisy Ridley coming with a couple commercials under her belt is now a megastar. Mm. And and you know, John Boyega was the he was in what? Attack the what now? And now he's Finn. Like, yeah, you're gonna that's its own built-in kind of different kind of nostalgia. Wow. Yeah, that that that's gotta be, I think, some of the focus. Yeah. yeah you're right. I think that's gonna be fascinating. That is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it'll be interesting then
1: to see how they, they play Lando if they try to lean on on mm-hmm. that that same kind of nostalgia beat. And I don't know if that's the right choice.
3: <laughs> Remember when you saw him in Rebels two seasons <laughs> ago? Yeah. Yeah. Remember the puffer pigs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: someday that will be nostalgia. Mm. Um So, yeah, I I think if they're going to go to that, well, it has to be true and deep and and fresh or else it Mm -hmm. feels will start to feel cheap to Jennifer's point. Uh, Do we think it is a harder time for Star Wars right now that has nostalgia inherently as part of what it is that so much entertainment is nostalgia and past based, even with just bringing back shows? Yeah, that's going to be a nostalgia of. Hey, remember when, you know, for people my age, you were in college and you watched Scully and Mulder, and now some of you are scientists because of Scully. Well, the X-Files is back. Like, the examples are endless yes. of yes. how things that aren't inherently nostalgia-based are using nostalgia to sell themselves. Yeah. Is that hurting Star Wars? Should Star Wars have a little bit more like, hey, come on, we're
3: all about nostalgia, back off. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a little unfair to them that, that this is kind of part of it. Yeah. It's part of the brand. It's generational. Pass on what you loved in seventy seven to your children, or in some cases grandchildren now, yeah, and now the we i think a little bit of what happened with solo was yeah yeah yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah cool, cool, magnum PI i's coming back, we're good, yeah like <laughs> you know like it's it's everywhere now, so I don't know jed did it, it feels like it could have been hurt
2: yeah i th- I feel like they've done a pretty good job balancing. The, nos- the nostalgia with the new, yeah. I feel. I mean, we'll talk about Solo in, in a little bit here, but yeah, I feel like it's tough. I f- I feel like they've been trying. That's what the Last Jedi was about, bringing a fresh perspective. And obviously, some people did not did not care mm-hmm. about that twist. Um, but it is hard when everything feels like it's a reboot and a and a sequel. But I think that they're moving past that. Star Wars is moving past that with the new the new TV series from Jon Favreau. Yeah, with the Dave, Dave and Dan series. You know, yeah. so I think we'll get that certainly with the Clone Wars when that comes oh, back. Yeah, nostalgia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That,
3: yeah, that's a good example. For of nostalgia. even, yeah,
1: just 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But f- I'm just curious uh, to uh, look a little bit out of our own Star Wars bubble because we all like other properties. Mm-hmm. Are we feeling just uh, is humans a little overdone by reboots, remounts, nostalgia? Because yeah. I think it's a, a big part of the conversation that affects Star Wars.
3: Y- yeah. Yes. yes, except for like specific things. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. if it's my interests, um, you know, stuff with Robotech is going to make me feel great. Yeah, so glad this is back. I can relive this, but also have a different perspective and maybe get paid to talk about it. You know, like it's this career thing now. But but other times, if, if, if I find if I'm not wasn't interested in it, then I'm like ah. Once right this year.
1: if it if it attaches to a specific great yeah. deep memory of yours yep and you're like but you're like that's not fair like, of me
3: yeah that's not fair of me to the properties but yeah
1: yeah okay well yeah so i think that makes sense i i worry a little bit that it is just getting kind of a grossly overdone and it will hurt things like star wars or like for me like uh, twin peaks came back and was very different mm. even from mm. the weird thing that it was then it is now a di- totally different weird thing and that to me is like that's Good and worthwhile, but yeah. I feel like at this point people are just like, uh, what, "What's sitting around, Alf? Great, come on!" Yeah, oh my gosh! <sighs> yeah.
2: but I think that's that's speaking to where the state of the industry is, and that mm-hmm. is that people don't want to take risks. People want to be able to have franchises. They want to make tons of money here and mm-hmm. overseas with movies, especially. Right. So it's like, what is going to be the f- a good formula that will help us get money, and that already has a, a baked-in audience? Mm-hmm. Great, Alf, you're you're greenlit, you know. And yeah. so I think that.
1: Just the Pogs joke from The Simpsons has yeah. a big uh, yeah. elf following the elf Pogs joke. <laughs> yeah. I think is people have more nostalgia oh for that God. one line <laughs> than the actual television <laughs> show.
2: But until it stops making money, is mm. uh, until it stops making money, they're going to continue rebooting yeah. and, and making sequels. It's right. just the okay. way that it is. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't like it unless it were the, the fraggles bring back the fraggles <laughs> there you
1: go I think this is really illuminating that we yeah. all feel like uh, that uh, is a generalization many of us who watch a lot of uh, entertainment feel a little like overdone by it except when it hits home and then <laughs> yeah. we're all on board which I think is great
3: oh yeah I mean I watched ALF I'm like cool I can make the references and jokes and Mark Ellis can do his ALF voice and I laugh but <laughs> I'm not interested but you bring back Gilligan's Island in some reboot form I'm gonna be all there <laughs> you know like all about that ALF oh, so I, yeah it is It is kind of weird, and then it, it, does, it hurts in a way, we can talk about it more, but like Force Awakens, yeah, that was pure nostalgia, even down to maybe even the structure of the story. Mm-hmm. But when I felt they did try to do things different, including... Han being a bad father who ran away from his marriage—that was a different take on it. I think the impact of that got lost because that ah, was cool as Han. He's back. He's home. You know, like yeah. it was almost not even fair then to some of the elements of the movie. Mm. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to talk a
1: little bit. Uh, you mentioned Last Jedi, Jennifer. I want to talk about the little nostalgia within the context. I think what was so powerful about the Force Awakens is. It happened a long time ago for the audience. Mm -hmm. It happened a long time ago for the actors. And it happened a long time ago for the characters. There was Mm -hmm. such synergy of nostalgia existed in every level of reality with Mm -hmm. that movie. Now, The Last Jedi does some effort to have almost anti-nostalgia. Luke has doubts. Luke looks back and says, people are being nostalgic about the Jedi. But let's look at their actual actions, the actual history. Kylo wants to kill the past. I think the movie comes around to, no, no, we shouldn't mythologize people and events a little bit and celebrate them. And yes. that's how we have hope to go forward is to let people be, be myths that we can look back fondly. But are you ready for star Wars to move on internally is the story, hmm. not marketing, not how we feel, hmm. but what the characters are going through. Cause right now in the sequel trilogy, they are all wrestling with nostalgia.
2: Right. Hmm. I, th- I, yeah, that's why I guess I liked the last Jedi so much. Because it did feel like it was moving on. I think that's why Ryan Johnson's trilogy is gonna be so far, we think, removed yeah. from anything nostalgic with the characters. Mm. I think it's the way to keep it fresh and innovative.
3: Yeah, and I worry like for myself, I guess I I I guess I'm more into the nostalgia within the story than I realize because I'm not super excited. Dan and Dave, now hear me out. I'm excited. But you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not spending a lot of time speculating on what Dan and Dave are doing. Uh, I'm not spending a lot of time speculating or or thinking about what Ryan's. I was like, I'll I'll, I'll figure it out when I get there. And I'm assuming I'm going to love it because it's going to feel like Star Wars. But that's, again, nostalgia. That's the battle. Mm -hmm. Johnson's going to put something entirely new up there, but make the audience believe it's still in the same galaxy and the one we fell in love with for some of us 40 years ago. Yeah. so I, I'm ready. Like I'm ready for the Skywalker saga. That, not ready, but like I'm. I'm like cool. That's great. Mm-hmm. There's other characters because I've you know fallen in love with a new batch of characters. Uh, I'd be happy with the Cassian Andor story. You know, like yeah. the, the the Andor family saga. <laughs> but I still, you know, the. Battle of Rebels versus Empire pulls me in more than other people. So I'm like, am I ready for that? So I guess I'm locked into a little more nostalgia than I care to admit.
1: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think some things are not nostalgia. I think it, things like, you know, when I think of them, uh, of Dan and Dave doing an Old Republic, a mm-hmm. bunch of Jedi and Sith running around with lightsabers, like, that's cool because I like lightsabers, (laughs) you know, and and you can attach it to nostalgia of like, Oh, remember when I was seven and I couldn't afford a lightsaber toy. So I had a flashlight instead. Like that's nostalgia. But there's also just like, here's a list of things I like Mm. cheese, Lightsabers, yeah. like I, it's just <laughs> it's not nostalgia. I like lightsabers. Uh, so is that I, I a T-shirt right
3: there. Here's a list <laughs> of things I like: cheese,
1: check mark, lightsabers, that's checkmark. It. I think yeah. uh, I think it's pretty relatable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I want to see in episode nine. I want to see them resolve the character's internal journey with nostalgia, mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. I think it is about the character, the new characters being handed this sort of broken galaxy that's gone through a cycle of wars in a cycle of uh, fallen skywalkers and yeah. taking up the baton and saying, what do we do? What do we do with it? Which by definition is sort of a, mm. we have to reckon with the past and decide yeah. whether it's a, a rosy nostalgia thing or a oh man, everybody screwed everything up. So
3: we're going to fix it or, mm-hmm. you know, low calm, low come B. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's valuable. The, the whole kill the past theme we know wasn't true. It was Kylo, yeah. the bad guys. And and I think in the end we learn and ins- get inspired from the past, and yeah. then that was that battle. So that that's interesting. Nine will be. Uh <laughs> you know, a a which way the wind blows on pure <laughs> nostalgia, or, or we would learned, or we would kill it. Yeah, mm. yeah. So uh, when we were talking about doing this episode,
1: Ken, you brought up the great world that we're in right now, which is the beginnings of strong prequel nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, so we're, next year is the twentieth anniversary of the Phantom Menace. We have tons of new prequel era content coming out with the Clone Wars show, uh, the the Amidala book, the Qui Gon and Obi One book. Does uh does prequel nostalgia seem fresh in comparison to like leaning on uh, the original trilogy? Mm -hmm. And does it seem fresh just because it is literally nostalgia about a time that is not as long ago? (laughs) Or if everything next year is like ah, remember 1999, Mm -hmm. will people be just as like ugh, enough
3: Mm -hmm. with the nostalgia? Or will people be into it because it's a different generation, a different time? Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be into it. I think it's that generation because talking about what I said up front, like uh, so uh, this is my 20th Year in LA to this month. I've been here wow. 20 years, but that seems like two weeks, right? Yeah. But f- for us, my seven year my cousin, who was seven at the time when Phantom Menace came out, that's a lifetime ago. So I think now they get their turn in the batter's box of nostalgia. Yeah. I had it even in 97. See it again for the first time. Yeah. I, was like, I remember seeing this for the first time. <laughs> like that was, so it's a, they're going to have a new, different kind of. Fervor for prequel nostalgia. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How are you feeling about it?
2: Yeah, I feel like it feels fresh to me because I don't have as mm-hmm. p- positive nostalgia necessarily mm-hmm. to the prequels, but I am now getting that, and I'm kind of re- experiencing them again for the first time. It some. It mm-hmm. feels like because people are so excited and sharing the younger generation mainly sharing their favorite moments and why they love Padme so much and so on and so on, and it's it's kind, I'm getting swept up in it. I like mm-hmm. it. And it's nice also to let them have their moment because in some ways I feel like there, there was a lot of divisiveness around that time. And they didn't really get to kind of celebrate it as much as like us OT fans. Oh, did, yeah. You yeah. know, so it's like, let's let them have their time to, to shine. Well, I,
3: I uh, on Spotlight Star Wars this week, I did a, the listener memory and Alden Diaz, one of our Patreon supporters and listeners, shared his memory of being six and seeing Attack the Clones in nice. theater the first time and how that was, and he described it in detail, Mace Windu comes out, this party's over, and I'm standing, because this, this was the biggest movie magic moment in my life. The party's yeah. over. The That's party's so awesome. over, yeah. and, the, and the battle on Geonosis, and how at six years old, he had the same feeling I had about six and a half, seven, or whatever it was, when I sat and watched the Battle of Endor. And, and it's the same, mm-hmm. but now he gets to experience it L- in that way, now look to look back, yeah, 20 right. years, 20 or so years. That's that's exciting. It's the nostalgia, Joseph, is generational, absolutely. Yeah. Like I think that's Wars. what's so powerful about it because the, the, the
1: reality of the nostalgia in the story so mirrors the reality yeah. of what we get to experience. I wanted to ask about uh the actual marketing to see if we can cast our minds back to the mm. late 90s. The sequel trilogy, we talked about being marketed heavily towards nostalgia. My memories of the marketing for uh, the prequel trilogy was about its back.
4: Yes. And
1: every saga Mm -hmm. has a beginning. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't about, remember how you felt when you first saw Star Wars? Like, the special editions in 1997 had that angle. But to my memory, uh, I don't feel like the prequels were marketed overtly with nostalgia.
3: Am I crazy? No. I mean, that's debatable outside of this podcast. We can talk about it <laughs> I if like you cheese, want. And cheese and lightsabers. Cheese and I am going back, again, gut reaction. I'm going back to my apartment, uh, Granada Hills, California. Me, Joel, and Casey, my high school buddies, sitting there watching a VHS recording of the Phantom Menace trailer because I had recorded it, and we were rewinding and rewinding it. And I think my friend Casey, uh, who later on worked on SpongeBob for years, um, sat there, and when Jabba the Hutt, came out on that balcony in that trailer. Remember, there's like two, we, he Yeah! Yeah! But it wasn't like, oh, remember Jabba? It was excitement because Jabba's there. Mm. Jabba's back, baby. baby. And there's some other weird hut behind him. You know, like, is that Bib Fortuna? Yeah. Uh, Is that young Bib? Yeah. And it was, so it was different. Maybe that's how we felt, how we took it, and maybe you're in that same ballpark. Yeah. It Uh, wasn't Chewy, we're home. It yeah. was, it's all here in front of you again. It yeah. is fascinating to me because
1: I think George Lucas's intent was, I am going to do some new stuff. I'm going to show you a side yeah. of the galaxy you didn't see before, before it all got broken. Yeah. And I'm going to do this political intrigue. And I think the George Lucas didn't intend nostalgia. Mm-hmm. George Lucas didn't advertise with nostalgia. But I think uh, people of our generation offered nostalgia of Star Wars' is back, I remember how I felt when I first saw Java. Now I think I'm going to feel that again. And I think that's part of the conflict of the prequels yeah. is that George Lucas was not offering a movie that would make us feel like we did mm-hmm. when we were kids because it was a different story, even beyond the arguments of what you think of the quality of the prequels. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a fascinating chapter in the history of Star Wars and nostalgia because we basically went to George Lucas and like, give us that sweet nostalgia, make me six years old. And then he's like, No, it's about a trade dispute. Does that make (laughs) you feel like you're six years old? Grow up. (laughs) I feel like that is part of what the disconnect was uh, Mm. for people of
3: our generation who took a little while uh, to come around to the prequels because of that, because it wasn't nostalgia. It it wasn't. And and in doing the time capsule episodes for Spotlight, where I was reading those old magazine articles, yeah, George is pretty clear. Pretty clear. This is different. It's for kids, but for a Different generation of kids. Yeah. And uh, saying it's not as action filled and there's a lot of character stuff. I don't know if a lot of people are going to like it. Like, <laughs> this is 90- 94, 95 he's yeah. already saying this so yeah. yeah did you feel nostalgia in the in the advertising or in
1: your own life experience
2: yes absolutely for the phantom menace it was star wars is back and then i remember for attack of the clones i was working uh at, at a at a bar in los angeles and uh, my co-worker was like let's go see the midnight showing of, of attack of the clones i was like i am so tired i'm just gonna go see it tomorrow he's like this is historic <laughs> star wars is in theaters and i was like oh my gosh you are so right what was i thinking this is a historic moment as a star wars fan i will go and see attack of the clones and that that was really how it felt was like this was a special time in our in our cinematic history and it took me back to when my dad first saw star wars back in 1977 in theaters similar situation uh where his buddy told him to go see a midnight showing and knowing yeah so even though actually i like of attack of the clones and i was happy that i went but uh but yeah
1: yeah yeah,
2: Star Wars was back.
1: Yeah, well, let's talk a little. We talked a little bit about uh, the younger generation, understandably growing up, seeing it uh, when they were six, ha- has a specific kind of nostalgia. But uh, I want to talk about our own nostalgic memories for Phantom Menace because that's been a, a weird part of my growing up and growing older. Is like I have such nostalgia for the prequels mm. uh, in a different way than I do as a kid. This was kind of my beginnings of my true adult life. Yeah, we're so wrapped up in the prequels.
3: Do you have specific nostalgic memories of of that time, of the prequel era? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that weird adult nostalgia. Again, I keep talking about this, how time moves so fast, but like... The job I was working, you know, working security at the Northridge Mall and popping into Pacific Theaters to watch the trailer up on the big screen there in, in the lobby. Yeah. Um, talking with my friends, my my friend Dan reading the the novelization and closing it. We were great he was my sergeant in graveyards. He's a sheriff's detective now. And he remember, he closed the book and he went and I was like, I, I'm so nervous about the movie. He's like, You're gonna be fine. This is a great story. <laughs> and, and 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 I think that was true. The novel, yeah. Terry Brooks' novel's great, you know, and, and he he was like, he didn't care about spoilers or anything, but I was like, I'm not gonna read the book. And so I go back to that and how, again, I go back to how it's like Star Wars is back and this whole universe is in front of me. And it's a little different for clones and Sith. You know, the cynicism had come in and everything. But yeah. I go back to 1999. It is, it is, it is, it's an important time for my Star Wars fandom and my my life. Yeah. Getting set up here. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer?
2: Yeah. It reminds me of when I was trying to, to establish myself as a young adult. I was discovering my identity in college with The Phantom Menace. And I think that that was actually what tainted my experience going in was that I was trying to be like, I'm an adult now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I went in and I was like, wait, 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 what is this? This is this is for kids. This is not for me. I'm an adult. But it's interesting because in some ways I wanted the nostalgia of, mm. to take me back of when I was a child. Yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted The Phantom Menace to be like. And it was not like that. It was fresh and innovative, Yeah, <laughs> which is what I want now. It's so funny. Yeah, and, and,
3: and silly at times. And yeah. again, and we go, you yeah. know, the Jar Jar argument and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I remember Attack of the Clones, I was cyn- cynical going in and- it's still, you know, nowadays I like, eh, it's my least favorite one, but there was parts in the battle of Geonosis that I turned to my friend Paul as we walked out and went, man, that battle at the end made me, I want to go back to the playground and play star Wars. And Phantom Menace didn't have me that feeling for me too much, even though there's a lot of things I liked it, even in 2002. But there was little moments where that, so like that nostalgia, it's weird. It pulls you in. It's a tractor beam, Joseph. Yeah. 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 And
1: almost that projected future nostalgia yeah. is like the, yeah. all the, like that was one of the things that I used to talk to friends about it. Like, we just got to see Luke and Obi-Wan, you know, ignite lightsabers one, but, but ama- can you imagine multiple lightsabers being ignited <laughs> at once? Mm, and like yeah. getting to see that. I have so many memories. I, In some mm. ways I almost feel at this point in my life, more nostalgic about the prequel era than even, I think because the, the memories of like my youth are, they're still powerful, but they're mm. so, um, they've been codified into stories, mm. Yeah, you know, mm. in, in, uh, Phantom Menace, I can still feel like it, I think the big thing is Star Wars was always around, but I was, uh, you know, I didn't have a a, a ton of Star Wars friends growing up. It was Mm -hmm. mostly me and my brother. And then suddenly in the summer of 1999, the whole world was all about Star Wars. Literally everywhere I went, I I walked into work and my manager at Kinko's just, told me he had read the book too. And he's like, I guess Anakin's some kind of Jesus. I was like, what? (laughs) My manager at Kinko's told me that. And, you know, I went to, uh, (laughs) the night that the Phantom Menace toys dropped, I went from Target to Target in the Twin Cities area in Minneapolis. I bumped into a friend who, uh, had, um, he and his girlfriend had become pregnant, and I didn't know.
0: Hmm. And
1: I found out in the aisle while looking at Phantom Menace toys because they had to go see too. And now that I'm friends with them on Facebook. And that kid just graduated, you know. And there's wow, like. Those, yeah like it was yeah. in taco bell there was a standee at the gas yes. station where i bought my frozen pizza by my apartment that standee stayed up until yep. i think until revenge of the sith was out the same standee
3: with obi-wan it was just be like swimming inside star wars yeah. yeah and and it was it's funny this is maybe not even this topic but as i'm hearing you say this yeah i'm taking back to that time where you felt as you're part of a team for the first time For the first time, and what we are in now with even now, that leads to Murphy Brown coming back on CBS because that was the first time you were able to sit down and be like, remember, but not just remember, but hey, here here's we can enjoy this going forward. Yeah, And it was a little more everywhere. The powers of the force figures come back in 95, 96 era. And yeah, the conversation's beginning air. The empire starts bringing star Wars back, but nerd culture as we know it now, I think a lot of it is actually hoed to yep. Phantom Menace specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool to like star Wars again. Then it maybe wasn't cool for a little bit, but then, you know, it stuck around. Well, even just the hunger and then we'll move on. Cause I'm yeah.
1: super excited about this, but the, the hunger for new star Wars, my adult nerd friends that I had been just making then in the like right. forming what my life is now, uh almost all of them are like, we're really not sure about Phantom Menace, blah, 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 Jar Jar, blah, 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 this. And then you'd be like, but it's just we're all out at a bar. Do you want to go see it again? And people were like, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. And that right. wouldn't
1: happen nowadays. If you don't like the new yeah. Terminator movie, it's done. It's done. Because there's a new movie next week. And that right. was in a nice era where mm-hmm. like Phantom Menace was uh, even if people had problems with it at the time it was mm-hmm. it was the going yeah. thing Yeah, for was, a while.
2: And there was like a fever, like you are saying. I remember when the Phantom Menace toys came out and I went and I got a, a battle droid. I I got Padme. I got a Jar Jar action figure. I got them all because it was the idea was like, oh, my gosh, I am now a collector. Yeah. Yeah. Like what I, You know, like what they were back in the 80s. So now yeah. I'm a collector and I'm going to start my own thing. And yeah, uh, too bad I gave away my Jar Jar action
3: figure. Because now <laughs> well, I really want it. I still have one in my closet there in the room there. Yeah, but it, it was. Uh, it, you said Ken's just, got a whole Jar yeah. Jar closet. It's oh, thing. Okay. It's a thing. The dr- the dreams of the original trilogy there are that they're wistful memories. Mm-hmm. The nostalgia is literally there, and then like I don't remember it in detail because I was seven yeah. at the Fremont Theater in San Luis Obispo, California. I remember it. I remember looking up the ceiling because it's a very ornate uh, Art Deco theater, oh, nice. and hmm. remember the, in, the crowded theater. But I don't remember the details like I remember sitting in Winneka, California at 7 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> buying tickets, you know, yeah. so we yeah. have the adult. Remember, it's a different kind. It's the of, adult nostalgia. For yeah. some wow. generation, they have. I kind of remember seeing Phantom Menace. My family took me, you know, it's like. Yeah. Tenured, wow. Yeah. Wow. We, and look, at, we're getting excited talking about our experiences going leading up to The Phantom Menace. Way yeah. back in
1: 1999. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll, we'll come back down to uh, <laughs> m- uh, bitter, grim, modern times. <laughs> I say oh, only partially joking. Uh, did nostalgia in people's uh, concern about too much nostalgia weigh down either Rogue One or Solo? in either the marketing or the story. Oh, Jennifer's got an opinion <laughs> face. Here's my mm.
2: YouTube brand. No, Ba-ba-ba-ba. I think Rogue One was was great, and mm. I do not think nostalgia it down at all because everyone was like, we want it to be new. We want it to be gritty, and it delivered. With Solo, I think it really... The marketing, as we've talked about here before, is mm. what I think really kind of... It hurt the film because mm. the film itself is very fresh and using nostalgia as a way to make it still feel new. I thought that it did a brilliant job, like incorporating Mm. those, those nostalgic moments, but (sighs) the marketing of it. Yeah. That was problematic. Yeah. Especially because they didn't really put Alden front and center as the Han solo. It's a Han solo movie. It's your favorite hero. You know,
1: yeah, it had an awkward relationship n- to nostalgia. I think, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it wanted to overemphasize, like, remember Harrison Ford? He's not in this one, exactly. But, but, uh, yeah, so I don't think it really went all in on nostalgia. But it seems like it had to
3: because it was about a character of mm-hmm.
1: legacy. How did you feel about it, Ken?
3: I, I think Rogue One was an interesting because Force Awakens comes in and it's pure nostalgia. But we a lot of people. Hey, they had to do that. Even if you don't like the third act and uh, a big Death Star, you kind of realize what they were doing. It's yeah. a soft reboot of the entire franchise to a new generation. Rogue One comes on and uh, we loved it and everything. But I think after Rogue One, certain entities of the fandom started saying, oh, ATSDs, ooh, you like that stuff. And and, and, <laughs> and and it was like, well, yeah, because <laughs> oh it's, it's Star Wars. ATSDs, we're yeah. home. Yeah, we're home. Yeah, Gold leader, red leader should be there. That's yes. not nostalgia. That's story. That's yeah. this galaxy that's established. And then people started feeling guilty or cynical or just wanted to jump on negative trains. And Last Jedi comes along. Love it, hate it. We see what that does. And then Solo comes along. And I think some people felt no fault of their own i'm not attacking anyone out there but i think some people felt like i'm not i'm not falling for this one right uh, you don't even have harrison ford this because uh, i'd I've, I've still got some star wars fans who are not in the star wars media and outside the bubble which is always a weird interaction yeah. they're like i don't know i didn't see solo how was it i'm like how could you not even it's great. go but yeah how great. could you not even go once to see for yourself and they're like right. i just didn't i just didn't it want just wasn't buzz. yeah yeah and yeah. it's what's weird. And I mm-hmm. think that was kind of this weird progression. Fandom, yeah. just not Star Wars, but fandom in the world in general, just been a slow dumpster fire. And so so <laughs> so I that's why I don't like when people say, Hey, Force Center, you guys are eh, our fandom our our fan base and listener base is pretty positive, but they under, you guys understand what we're doing. But I get some feedback elsewhere of like, uh, you look at Star Wars with rose colored glasses. No, no, no. It's just why? Thin lightsabers. Thin, thin lightsabers. <laughs> Puffer pigs. No, like, why am I going to focus on that? Why am I going right. to focus on. Right. I wasn't. Why would I be insulted that an ATSD was in a movie about Star Wars before A New Hope? Yeah. That would be there. That was cool to me. Yes. You know? Why yeah. would the rebel pilots who were the rebel pilots at that time <laughs> fly as clutter. rebel pilots? Because the rebel, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I threads. just, I just, yeah, yeah, it was a weird balance. And I think that talking about Rogue One at work, but then it started this weird yeah slide to where we were solo.
1: I feel like mm-hmm. Rogue One did lean on nostalgia a little bit for the marketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do feel like, especially that just that trailer that was like basically nothing but like The noise, you know, and the 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 dish being put into the Death Star. Oh, that was it it was some stuff. And I think there are moments of nostalgia in the movie, uh, like when Bail Organa steps forward, and there's you know, oh, oh, heroic theme, like. But I don't think it weighed down because there was enough new, like you were saying, Jennifer, gritty and new. Disney killed all of the main characters (laughs) and then sold us action figures. Yeah, (laughs) you know, gritty and new. Solo. It's so weird because the marketing maybe should have been nostalgia, but how? But then I, I don't think there's anything internal to the story of Solo that super leans into nostalgia. No. All the characters have paths that they don't like, that they're unhappy about, that they want to move away from. There's the dream of nostalgia right. mm-hmm. of we can find a home in a place that, that makes us f- have that feeling mm-hmm. in the future somehow. And everyone in the story is fighting for that future mm. to have the ability to have nostalgia at some point mm-hmm. which han achieves he finds home with Julie and the falcon
3: right and then years later we get to hear the same character have yeah. the nostalgia do you also think uh, a little bit of solo after people had seen it and maybe some of the reviews or word of mouth comes out some people like us love it fun movie flaws and all blah 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 but other people like did you think it it went against their own nostalgia in the sense of well, now we saw how Chewie and Han met, and now we know how he got the nickname Chewie, because a lot of people I, I are really mm-hmm. insulted by that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we needed to hear where he first called him Chewie. Okay, maybe you didn't need to hear it, but it happens at some point, and this is how it happens, and it like, it, 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 attacked their nostalgia or something, their view of it, you know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, that. Yeah. we can talk about the expectations, speculating responsibly, not going in locked into your own wants, and just letting the story play out in front of you, but it was like, that's not the feeling I had, and... 84. Yeah. 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 I, I, just I just had this conversation with somebody. I, I was doing a different podcast, and
1: the, when the, <gasps> one of the hosts, I know, I'm so sorry, uh, said, like, oh, did you like Solo? And I was like, yes. And I went on my, uh, yeah. my rant, which I've gotten down to two minutes about why <laughs> I love Solo. Uh, and he, was, he said that. like, I didn't need all those answers. And then I, we didn't have time because it was another podcast. Yeah. The next time somebody says it to me, I want to drill down and find out, is it because you didn't like the execution of those answers, or, and I think this is valid, a blanket I don't want answers. Mm -hmm. I don't want things that I used to know explained. Yeah, I don't want to know what the Kessel Run is. I don't want to know how Han got his blaster, all that stuff. I think that's a fascinating sort of offshoot of nostalgia. And
3: and, and a valid question, because if you feel the way, it's it's not wrong. It's how you react to it. It's how you react it. it's, it's you finally see an ice dragon blow down a wall in Game of Thrones and you're like, I've been waiting six years for that. That's not how I wanted it to happen. <laughs> like, huh? That's not the way it goes. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> all right.
2: But then <laughs> like if you don't if you don't like that, you don't want th- those answers. And how come you're OK? How come some of these fans are OK with Rogue One answering those questions? Right. Essentially. Yeah. But is it just because they're all brand new characters? I don't know. Yeah,
1: I I think so. I think it might be about, I think a part of nostalgia is attaching a bit of your identity to the character. So if you grew Uh, up seeing Han Solo, you are Han Solo. Or for me, my brother is Han Solo in, in my mind up to a point. And I think for like some young women who grew up with the prequels, they are Padme
4: mm-hmm. and they
1: have that level of attachment. And I think Rogue One sidesteps that because it's right. not messing up any of your identity right. that you've
3: attached to a character. And then there it is. F- flash to episode eight where your nostalgia for Luke Skywalker turns into not my Luke. Right. And I, I understand. I understand yeah. that. I understand that. Yeah. Because you've, you've had this character for 30 plus years and now it turns out he's, he's gone through some things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you yeah. didn't envision. And, and so I understand where it
1: comes from. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's a, awesome. it's a tricky thing. So I just got a couple more mm-hmm. questions. Uh, when we say that we want something fresh in Star Wars now, moving forward, especially when all of the news about whether or not they're moving forward with the standalones, is Kenobi happening, is uh, Jeb the Hutt happening, all that, uh, how do we have something that is fresh, which I think most people want, but you still have to deal with the fact that nostalgia is baked into Star Wars from the very beginning. Mm. How do you balance those things in an ideal world? An Obi-Wan movie, but his haircut is different. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a mohawk. <laughs> we never knew that for a while Obi-Wan had a mohawk yeah. <laughs> in the Deserts of Tatooine. He went
3: with the Brad mm. Pitt Fury cut.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, but does this, does this
3: does this perspective even make sense? Mm-hmm. Am I- it does. It, no, does, it does. I think they... St- they started to do it well, and maybe, maybe, you just got to double down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Meaning, uh, we're giving you Star Wars. It is this galaxy. But we're doing, we're telling the stories a little different and a little more modern. Yeah. Um, Last Jedi was clearly an example of that. Uh, Force Awakens killing off Han was an example of that. That's, that's modern storytelling. We want people to die,
4: which is weird. Yeah.
3: I, you know, I'm looking at you, Game of Thrones, that I love so much. But George R. R. Martin started doing that in 96. So, but we see it in 2011. That becomes the way we watch programming. But not being precious about nostalgia that, you know, mm, yeah, the, so I th- the so I th- past can die sometimes. Right. So I think Star Wars is like, we're giving you the same characters or roundabout kind of way, the same t- character types. And the same galaxy with the things and the toys you love in that galaxy, but we're going to tell the story as best we can, a little differently. Maybe, and I think there are. I think they are doing that, and I think maybe you just have to double down on that and say, no, we're we're, we're we we're got this. Let yeah. us do this. Mm. You'll come around to that. Okay, I don't know. Now yeah. again, none solo. Some people because one of the complaints I, I heard of solo, and I understand it because I kind of have under I had that feeling a little early on. It was like, well, you know, it was predictable and you know it was safe you hear that word safe i under again i understand where that comes from Mm -hmm. because kira didn't die you know right you know there wasn't some big dramatic she stabbed and she cries and hans you know it was like no Everyone goes a different direction you have to figure you know so it's like beckett but val i again i think that was expected the main characters didn't die, right? There's no threat of death.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're you're really putting your finger on something that we should maybe do like a whole topic about uh, about mm. uh, a is, spin-off. Yeah, how does death work in modern storytelling, and yeah. how does that impact Star Wars? Ooh, you it know, has
2: changed yeah. a lot.
1: Yeah, things. yeah. Mm-hmm. What do, what do you think about this, Jennifer?
2: I think that they have to pump the brakes on nostalgia for a few years. G- get let's just have a little rest. I don't need this. So I'm sorry, guys. Mm. I don't need the Obi Wan Kenobi film. I don't. I'm, okay. I'm even okay with not having yeah. the Jabba film.
1: I want it enough for multiple people. <laughs> You're like, you like to take up the slack,
2: so I think like new characters that are mm. that's not requiring them to rely on nostalgia in the story. What I think is nostalgic for Star Wars is creating that experience, that ritual around what they did with the Force Awakens. Mm. That's kind of why I think the mm. Last Jedi and Solo that they kind of yeah. you know bumped into each other there It was just too close together. So let's for the episode, uh, for the episode nine, episode nine, oh yeah, Lord, yeah. episode nine, <laughs> let's have that kind of. Star Wars movie ritual where yeah. all the toys are flooding into Target and Force Friday and it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's the last of the Skywalker saga. So that's what I'm hoping where the nostalgia will come from.
3: Yeah. Mm. The ritual around the, Star
2: Wars. I, I think that's
3: really insightful. We all in get yet. to swim around in Star Wars. Yeah. 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 I think that's really insightful because we, we, even we still agree. You talked about the marketing. We talked about going to Target. I still struggle to find all the solo toys that I might want or just yeah. want to look at. Even last Jedi, you know, some of the stuff was a little different. Um, could that have been because it was back to back to back to back? But yeah, part of it is the the new ritual. That is a pretty powerful nostalgia. Yeah, absolutely. Even
1: now we can always already have Force Awakens nostalgia for sure. Yeah, I know, um, right? <laughs> yeah, I think for me, like internally to the story, I think what is really powerful about Star Wars, and I want Ryan Johnson's new trilogy, whatever Dan and Dave do, whatever John Favreau does, I want it all to have uh, this. I want it to be new characters, new ideas, but I like that these are characters in Star Wars who always, are, are always aware that they are existing in a moment of time, mm. but they feel the weight of the past, mm. and they have these dreams of the future. Mm. Now, I mean, that's all stories. All stories exist yeah, in a point but, in time, but I think what one of the things that makes Star Wars special is this real, almost painful, achingly aware of linear time, of we are affected by what has come before, and we are trying to change what is next. And I think even if we get like an old Republic series of movies, I even if it's set a long, 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 long time ago, thousands of years before New Hope. I want those characters mm. to be concerned about what did the Sith of the past do? What path did they put us on that we still have to deal with? It. Mm. Like I so it doesn't have to be uh, external to our world of remember this uh, remember this Jar Jar sucker like I don't need to be uh, sold with nostalgia but I want the characters to have that weight I like Mm. that final question fun weird question what are we looking forward to 20 years from now when sequel trilogy nostalgia
3: hits full time <laughs> uh, Jennifer made a 20,
4: great 20
2: years from now face. Oh now. lord, have mercy. <laughs> well, I just, I just thought of my age. Yeah. Um <laughs> oh man.
3: Yeah, I oh, uh, <laughs> depressing. Uh, 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 I think uh it goes fast. I think looking back uh a little hopefully, a little silliness at some of the weird debates fandom in general got caught oh, up yeah. in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cuz even now you look back oh, I remember when you know we all got dexter jets there was i don't know i'm um, defending Jet dexter but yeah a little bit of time heals some of the wounds but also i'm, I'm curious to see You talk about my my cousin and her daughters are you know 10 11 years old and dressing up as ray and kylo and i want them to how did that affect their life yeah just like it affected ours in the 80s uh I want to get into storytelling. I want to get into, I want to be George Lucas. Those in the 90s who are now scientists and, yeah, you know, we, uh, our, our fan, uh, Kenny, right? Uh, we met yeah. at this meetup who, who was doing amazing stuff in the technological world because yeah. of R2-D2, you know? Yeah. And it's seeing so cool. drugs and, and the how that plays out. I want to see the next generation's nostalgia. Yeah. What mm. it turned
1: into. I want to definitely hear the... Uh the cycle of life. Like I can't wait for be 20 years from now in whatever social media we're on, uh, how we communicate with one another in our low head computers? Yeah. However it is we communicate in hearing people rant and rave about yeah. whatever new star Wars hero doesn't match up to the greatness of Ray and Finn <laughs> and Poe and Kylo. Cause it is, it is a cycle, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. and, yep. uh, lots of ironic Zuvio shirts, I think, uh, uh really a lot hipster of ironic, uh, where was Zuvio shirts? Yeah. Um, and then for myself, it'll be great to have the, the nostalgia for this specific time and, like, Force Center, I mm. mean, being yeah. a huge part of my my Star Wars journey. Yeah. And I think that will will be a huge part of the nostalgia of the
3: sequel trilogy yeah. for me. Well, mm-hmm. I'll turn to you at the old Shady Acres uh, <laughs> retirement community. <laughs> We're not that old. Oh
2: my gosh. <laughs> yeah. My daughter was born in 2015, the year of The Force Awakens, and yeah. since then I have been introducing her to all things yeah. Star Wars. And so she will be 23. Mm. She's now three years old. She'll be 23, 20 years from now. Yeah. And I'm wondering what her reaction will be of how much Star Wars I have exposed her to. And I'm hoping that she will have nostalgia of when mommy, mama used to, yeah. you know, we used to play action figures or the Forces of Aww. Destiny dolls. And I hope that even yeah. if she is not like a major Star Wars fan, that she will at least have fond memories of that from her childhood. Oh, Of
1: yeah. her relationship, yeah. Yeah, and and that was our
2: relationship. Come
1: to you when she's 23 and is like, I have a memory. Mama, did uh, did the dog attack the porns? <laughs> Am I remembering that correctly? <laughs> Yes, my
3: child. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love it. That is our uh, look at nostalgia. Well, I'm already nostalgic for that conversation. Really good. I love when we get on our little uh, little side notes. Our excitement uh, bubbles over into tangents. Uh, what do you guys feel about nostalgia? Where it was? What's your experiences? We want to know. You can reach out. We'll tell you later where to find us. But you can always use that hashtag Four Center. Join the nostalgic conversation. From this week's show. Now let's go as we love to always do. To some audience questions. We take them from Twitter, Facebook and Patreon. More on that here in a bit. But Sarah Hass has a question for us. What character or characters from the prequel era would you most like to see in the upcoming Padme and Obi-Wan Qui-Gon novels? We are getting some prequel content, some prequel era content. So, Joseph, there's a lot of opportunity for characters we love to pop up. Yeah, I hadn't even really thought about it from this perspective. It's a great question because I realize
1: all of my prequel weirdos that I like Mm -hmm. have every reason to pop up. Uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, you can see a Yarl poof. Yeah, you can see a Yaddle. You can see an Opal Rancisis, all (laughs) of the Jedi weirdos. And then like some of my my favorite characters in Phantom Menace were just a little odd, like Rick Ollier and Mm. C.O. Bibble. Yeah, they could be front and center in the Padme novel. And that's so exciting for me to see these kind of weird characters, little funny characters maybe fleshed out in these books.
3: I, I actually really like the idea of uh, you know, Co Bibble like, sitting down like it's, Hey gotta right, be there, right? here's your training manual on uh, <laughs> how to turn from queen to senator and uh, help you through Yeah uh, hey, Jennifer you have any specific uh, names in your mind
2: Yeah Dexter Jetster. now all there- I mean he's got to pop up right Oh yeah
3: when Dexter and Obi Wan met for the first time like Qui Gon <laughs> yes. takes him there for breakfast
2: for a delicious breakfast
3: Yeah here's my friend who knows some things Yeah, yeah, yeah. reminds
2: yeah. me of that I think it was a finish the fan fiction that we did with him, right? Yeah, that was exciting.
3: Yeah, I I love the idea. Maybe we could get a little bit more with Panaka handing reins over to Typho. Ooh, yeah, because why? This will be between Phantom Menace and Attack the Clones. Yeah, love bringing some of those back, some of those characters, and actually. I like Padme. To maybe see and interact with Boss Nass again. Mm, Boss Nass very is a, good. A, Both of a funny character, but he's got he's a, got some depth to him. He changes. He learns to change as a leader. Um, with Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah, you're so right. Any one of those characters would be happy with. Yeah, Jarl Poof joins him for a mission. Wow, that would be <laughs> great. You know, I was doing research for Coleman uh, Trebor. Trebor. Oh yeah, and I, I knew this, but I forgot. But I kind of overlooked it. Like well, that was supposed to be Yarl Poof. Yeah. And then Lucas is like, ah, people are going to get confused with the Kaminoans. Uh, let's put someone else in there. So they create <laughs> Coleman Trevor after Robert Coleman. Uh, um, uh, you know, I so it got me thinking, like, wow, what it would have been like to see Yarl Poof in action? so see, oh, yeah, in around, reading him in action. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> his head flopped. But with Obi-Wan quagan, I don't think this is going to be the focus of the novel. But Duchess that, Satine or some kind of Clone Wars mm. character coming back. Yeah, yeah, that would be a big thing. Yeah. Victoria Lee asks this question. If Ben Solo, she uses Ben Solo, not Kylo, if mm-hmm. Ben Solo is redeemed in episode nine and does not lose his life in the process, how do you think the galaxy will address his crimes? Good question. Mm-hmm. that's a tough one. A lot of, you know, Poe didn't exactly uh, face some consequences. Some people would say for his crimes, <laughs> but I think Leia had a plan. I think yeah. Leia knew, uh, but this is a good one. This is a good one. And the story bubble Ben Solo says I'm sorry <laughs> what do they do yeah y- this is fascinating because he gets
1: into kind of gritty reality yeah. of like what exactly is the criminal justice system and yeah. Star- like we've seen right. peaks of it we saw that prison in the Star Wars comic right
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we saw Ahsoka's trial so we've seen a little bit of um, the criminal justice system I like the more romantic that they would maroon him somewhere yep. that he would apologize and they'd say but we can't have you around <laughs> So they maroon uh, him on on Moraband. Mm. That, that's not a good idea. probably, you, probably don't maroon him yeah, where always. evil Sith spirits can <laughs> speak to him. They may ruin yeah. him somewhere real, real nice. Endor. <laughs> Scarif.
3: Yeah. Endor. <laughs> um, Scarif at the ruins of the base. That yeah. planet's probably destroyed by the time the, you know falls apart. If we're following what Jedi does in the comics. Ooh. Jen, redemption for Ben is an interesting quandary because some people want it, some people think it should happen.
2: I think it's really complicated, and it makes me think of, you know, he killed his father, mm. so I go to the Menendez brothers. And mm. how, like, I don't want them, to, I mean, obviously, even if they're great, you know, gr- sorry, yeah. they need to be punished. And so, yeah, yeah, I think like solitary confinement for solo or some sort of yeah. I like the island where he's just he's left there to think about what he did.
3: Locked in there with Magneto. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I am. I am all about forgive, but I definitely understand uh, not uh, forgetting. Mm -hmm. And and um, I think I don't. I don't know if a trial. You know that's not going to obviously play out in the story in the movies, but Victoria's question is 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 great in that way of like what's the reality of it? I I, I this is why I think he has to die. Yeah. 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 But um I hope he lives. I ho- yeah because okay. it's new. It, it is. It's new. it's new. Yeah. It's new. Yep. You're right about that. You're right about that. Um lock him on a on some sort of island with Force Ghost Luke and Yoda and Anakin yeah. mm.
1: locked in some yeah. sort of yeah Force we're gonna uh, uh, to... Force bubble of yeah uh, we're gonna reflect talk on here. your yeah, reflect on your crimes son yeah. yeah.
3: Good question. Good question, Victoria. From Patreon, we got Old Hansa. I love Old Handsaw. He's a great guy. He pops up in a lot of chat rooms and everything like that. He says, howdy. I really enjoy watching the DC animated movies based on their comics and graphic novels. Would you like to see Disney slash Lucasfilm adapt their comic books and our actual novels into animated movies? So this is great to finally nail down this question. We see this a lot. Mm-hmm. Pops up. I've been asked this before, even in person. So let's maybe finally officially lodge our answers. For the public record, Joseph. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, I have mentioned it uh, on the old podcast before. I am so for this. I am all for this. Uh, I think it is a great way to get new content and celebrate those. Uh, there's so many great things in the books that are really add to the canon, and I think mm-hmm. it would make it even more reinforced to have it available in this different format. And the other big thing is there's so much diversity in those books, it would be a great way to get more diversity mm. on screen, even, even animated, yep. uh, especially if you cast as uh, characters are described
3: yeah yeah that's a good idea, Jen.
2: I haven't finished this was it the screaming citadel? is that the one with yeah. the va- the vampires and whatnot? yeah that one's kind of weird, yeah. and I kind of like that okay. being turned into an animated <laughs> movie for the streaming service.
1: We got a conflict
2: yeah I don't know. I think yeah. that'd be kind of that'd be kind of fascinating
3: uh try things uh, have fun be inter- i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screaming Citadel was when I started to pull out a little bit of reading Marvel on a regular basis. So yeah. that's my problem. I'm working through it. A lot of people <laughs> did like it. Um, yeah, yeah. Both of you make great points there. I think there's a lot of great stories to see them. I see I, less of the comics, more of the, the books would yeah. be interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to do that. I, 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 but but uh, it's a fair question. I I would like to see it in some form. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe new ways to tell the stories with the characters. I don't know. Final question comes from David Cornett. Writes: Star Wars is said to take place a quote long time ago. How long ago do you think of this as being? couple centuries ago, ago, a new millennia, a few millennia, I should say, millions or even billions of years ago, there was a non-canonical legends comic, Into the Great Unknown, that suggested the Battle of Yavin was around the year 1800, in the year of our Lord. To me, this seems much too recent, Star was supposed to be a fairy tale, and to me that means it should be an inter-inter... Uh, in, inter- can't read today. Inter, inter, someone help me. Indeterminate. <laughs> thank indeterminate, you. Yeah. Into de, into de, oh, wow. Ken, have some more coffee. Uh, uh, past, uh, that was otherwise passed out of memory and easy to trace history. If that made any sense to you, I, I, I thank you for hanging with me. Um, David, this is excellent. I have thought about this myself. What does that mean actually a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? Jennifer. I don't know. <laughs> I
2: don't know. I don't know. I you know, I've just kind of like i that fairy tale?
3: indeterminate. Gent.
2: Indeterminate. <laughs> indeterminate dust past. I like that. That's a yeah. great expression. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um Got nothing. all right, so
1: no official answer. No
2: official. answer. I respect
1: yeah. that, Joseph. Uh the the it happened in the year 1800 is way too literal for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad right. it is non-canonical. That that yeah, that is not for me at yeah. all. Um yeah. I think that it, it the spirit of the fairy tale is that it is, like David is suggesting, it's so old, it's passed into myth.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that's always been the spirit of Star Wars. It's one of the reasons that I like in the sequel trilogy. They just doubled down on that and said, these real characters mm-hmm. whose events we've watched, adventures, have passed into myth even within mm-hmm. the reality of their, uh, their world. So to me, it is all about that. Um, like, if the Star Wars story was being told in Star Wars, it would be like somebody walks up to you and is like, have you heard the myth? Mm -hmm. of jedi skywalker the wise like i think it would be (laughs) that kind of like i'm telling you a thing that might be like talking about nostalgia might be half true Mm. might be passed down through generations i think it's part of what gives it that sort of that great nostalgic gauze yeah of Mm -hmm. this is so long ago it's myth it's Mm
3: -hmm. myth Mm. yeah i would like it uh like that ten thousand year range if you're gonna put on a on an actual point. Because, again, you, you, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, George is saying, hey, this, like the first trailer for the movies in space, this could be happening somewhere. You know, that's the first yeah. trailer Star right Wars right now. Yeah. Right now. Um, so I like that idea that it is in our world, so to speak, but we're never going to touch it. We're never going to see it. And it was so long ago, we don't really even know. It being eighteen hundred. Yeah, that's a little. uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, Uh, yeah. I don't think, uh, in my
1: opinion, Star Wars should never touch the real world that way. There should not be a door in the world between worlds that opens to Detroit. Right. You know, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ezra can just kind of go go hang and have some barbecue. Yeah. You're like, well, whatever. Like, no.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. You know, I don't want the, like, I, I'm intrigued by the, you know, ending of the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Like, mm. you yeah. know, oh, wow, all this, and it was still millions of years ago, you know, like, but it connects up to our world yeah. in a weird way. I don't want Star Wars ever to connect to Earth. Yeah. I don't no. want some, we're going on the, some mission to some planet called earth <laughs> Like, I don't want, I don't want that. There's a Sith there. Uh, You know, I don't want that. (laughs) But but yeah, time-wise, I do want it far, far away. Thank you, David. Thank you, old Handsaw, Victoria, and Sarah for your questions. If you guys have questions out there and want to uh, send normal words that I struggled to read uh, <laughs> early in the morning, just reach out on Twitter Four center Pod. Our Facebook page is Four center podcast for center Pod is also our Instagram page, but we don't really take questions from there. We just post pictures for you to enjoy and links. Website is at for center pod. slash user slash centers where we sell our merch and you tweet us your merch and we'll reshare them. Podcast available on pod iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and as always, josephpatreon.com slash forcecenter is where we're building great things.
1: That is right. We just uh, released for our patrons uh, the audio commentary of The Last Jedi after that is a patron exclusive for a little while. We'll release on YouTube the video version of our commentary for The Last Jedi that was made possible, both the time and the tech needed to do that commentary uh, was made possible by Patreon. So thank you for all that support. And if you want to help us build towards the goal of doing commentary for all of the Star Wars movies, you can go uh, help us out at patreon.com slash Center.
3: Absolutely. And subscribe to us on YouTube, because more things come in there. We have our databank brawls, our memoriams, a uh, new show coming out there that'll be on there first called Force Center Meets. We'll do from time to time. A lot of cool things. So if you haven't subscribed, pop on over and give us a Subscribe and a watch. All right, personal stuff coming up as we close this supersized edition here. You guys both have something. We'll start from there, Joseph, and I'll let you guys talk about it. Yeah, so I want to plug
1: this show. I've been doing, there's a show called Story Collider. It is stories about how science impacts everyday life. We get scientists, we get artists, we get musicians. And uh, this month's show here in Los Angeles is Thursday, August 9th. Uh, Like I said, I'll be co-hosting it with my friend Audrey Curtins. But Jennifer is telling a great story in the show. So it is both of us doing a show together, which I am so very excited for. And Jennifer's story is amazing.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yes, this Thursday, 8 o'clock, Silver Lake, the Hyperion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Be there. I will be also talking a little bit about Star Wars. Very, very little. But, you know, I always oh, got to work it's, it in.
1: It's substantive. It's important. <laughs> so, it makes true. a difference. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. And You're one right. of our other storytellers is Fawn Davis, who is oh, a model yes. maker on, on the prequels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of his early jobs at uh, Industrial Light and Magic. Great guy. Yeah. Great stories. Uh, so info on all that is on my website at com. Go to the live shows page and you can find out everything.
3: Absolutely, follow him. Follow his adventures. Doing so much, and uh, you, Jen, your other stuff.
2: Yeah. So, besides story collector, uh, you can find all my adventures online at Jennifer Landa. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest. Anything else that happens between now and tomorrow,
3: you can follow me at CadNapsock. that includes Instagram TV, Twitch as well. Just putting it all together and trying to uh, see where we can all uh, create our content and talk directly with you guys, building communities through Forson and Napsock files. join up. Join the conversation. We have that Discord server through our Patreon page. I love popping in and seeing what you guys are talking about there. A lot of fun. So that is where you can find us. You know where to find Four Center. Spread the word. So for nostalgia, which we'll never leave because we never want it far from our hearts. We'll see you next time here on Four Center.